For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, uh, we are back talking uh, with Bill Smith. Uh, Bill, at one point uh, in your book, you say, you know, as, as screen time increases, people are more distracted, less skilled at engaging others face-to-face, feel increasingly isolated and alone, and are at greater risk of suicide. And you, you cite some of those sources, and, you know, we've cited some of those on this podcast before. But, but I say all that to, to make this point that, you know, I think some people kind, kind of want to downplay this issue as no big deal. You know, as you kind of said yesterday, you know, everyone has a smartphone. Everybody's kind of embracing this. It's just kind of part of what we need to adapt to and just kind of, um, you know, again, accept this uh, digital age. Uh, but, but there's plenty of research to say otherwise. That the, look, this is this is a big issue and this is something we need to uh, be aware of. You know, Jean Twenge and her research from her book, iGen, talks about just the depression and suicide rates through the roof on this uh, iGen generation. And uh, Jean Twenge and her book, The Happiness Effect, discusses um, some of this. So so that being said, you know, how, how do you think pastors can lead in this area? Like, like, what sort of a s- steps should they take to address their congregation? I mean, I, I was speaking with a man at our church just a few weeks ago, and he's a ruling elder in our church and um, in his uh, 60s. And he just said, you know, he rarely hears this address from the pulpit or other pulpits, not just, you know, the church we're in. And so just even some of those thoughts, what are some ways you think pastors can lead in this area? I think pastors have to lead in this area um, because pastors do what? They're they're supposed to help us understand now how we as parents are supposed to lead and how— and, and engage people. Um, I, I, I don't think there's any um, shortcut to being personal. Uh, I, I think pastors have to, A, first recognize their own struggles, and B, and I'm speaking here as a pastor, um, we have to talk about them, and we have to talk about them privately and publicly. It doesn't mean that everything we ever experience is available for consumption for everyone. Uh, Paul in Ephesians 4 is very clear that what we speak and say is to be for the sake of other people, to build them up, to give grace to those who hear. Part of giving grace to those who hear is helping people understand the pastor struggles. Um, And the pastor not only struggles, but is not uh, destroyed by his struggles but has found a way through. I'm thinking here of Paul the Apostle in Romans 7. He's, he's writing to a church that he's never met before. And in Romans 7, he, he starts talking really very um, personally uh, to the point where, where, where he says things like, the good that I want to do, I cannot do. Yeah, and I just think, Paul, that's way too strong. And you almost think, if a pastor were to say that right now as his introductory letter to this group of Christians, you almost want to say, you know, brother, sit down. Uh, <laughs> let, let's talk. Let's. How about you work through some of those issues 
so that you're then able to serve and minister. And Paul would rebuke you. And, and he would say, actually, it's my struggles that allow me to build relationship. Because as he wrestles through those struggles, he says, my only solution, my only recourse is, is Christ Jesus. And what he's doing is he's building a bridge with his wrestling. And so I think as pastors, it's appropriate for us to, to confess our lack of self-control, to, to, to learn how to say not simply you, but I uh, wrestle with my phone. And to talk about, here's why I wrestle with my phone. I, I like to check out. I like to, to go numb. Here is a societally approved method of going numb. Uh, nobody gets upset. Nobody thinks, you know, bad, evil things of my immorality or, or my ethics. Um, but that's really tempting to me. And then we need to talk about, okay, that being true, here's where I find Christ in the middle of that. And here's where he's more satisfying. And here's where I find his grace, his love, his compassion, his mercy, all of those things that we say you all need. Actually, I need. Uh, and and what the, when I've had opportunity to mentor uh, other other pastors, other guys, what I've said is, in, in a very real way, you need to convince the congregation that you're the biggest sinner in the room. Hmm. Because if your people don't believe that you're the biggest sinner in the room, they don't really know that the gospel that you rely on is going to be big enough for them. And whether or not what they've done uh, is bigger than yours, it doesn't matter. They need to know that you believe <laughs> that you're the, you're the biggest mess because then you'll have the biggest Christ and then you'll actually have something to offer. So I think just using the pulpit in that way is huge personally, uh, to, to use it personally. Secondly, um, I think we need to regularly address this issue from the pulpit in public. Pul the, the pulpit does what? Does, does, it, does it counsel individuals? Well, in, in some broad sense, yes. But what it really does is it sets a culture. It sets a tone. It says, here's the kinds of things that are allowed to be discussed among us. And here's the kind of things that are not allowed to be discussed. And so when you reference lust for technology or, or having to have the latest, greatest tech, uh, when you're sort of going through a list of sins, you're giving people permission to say, yeah, I, I, I do that. I have to have the latest phone. I have to have the latest um, tablet or, or, or whatever else. And here's where I, I really think it's so easy to go after sort of the big neon, what we consider the neon light variety sins. And so we're very um, willing to lay out a list of sex, drugs, and drinking. But we don't address the other issues like um, I get lost in my phone, or I'm a glutton, or I'm greedy, or, or again, all of those more socially acceptable kind of sins. And Peter, uh, in his first letter, uh, really helped me get on board with how, how important this is. Uh, just reading out of chapter 4, verse 15, Peter says, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal. And you think, okay, well, that that's, leaves me out. Okay, I'm not... <laughs> any other kind of criminal, he says, or even as a meddler. And it just sort of the weight of that, it, his, I'll, I'll use the word homiletical approach, it, it, the weight of the way that he frames that is, let me talk about these three things out there that you're probably not, murderer, thief, criminal. But let me bring it right here to, to where I'm talking about. Do, do you suffer because you get involved in people's business when you got no business doing that? Are you a meddler? And suddenly he's talking to me. And I think when we 
talk about struggles with smartphones from the pulpit, we're saying the gospel addresses this stuff that's rampant in my congregation. Is everybody in my congregation a murderer? Probably not. Do I have one? Probably not. I'd say everybody who owns a phone on some level is wrestling with this issue. So I think that what are we doing from the pulpit? We're normalizing that phones are a struggle and we're normalizing it's not okay. And there's hope. Third thing that I think pastors have to do, have to do, uh, yeah, I'd say it that way. Um, we need to be very careful when we bring a phone into a meeting, whether that meeting is with a group of people or whether that's with an individual. I think about one guy that I knew who used to lead meetings and every time his phone buzzed, he'd respond to it. And so he's leading a meeting, texting at the same time. And it was just this very clear communication that you all are not as important as what I'm doing at the moment. And you all can sit here and wait for me to finish my text. And I think there's just a, a, a devaluation. It's really not healthy. Um, do I have my phone in my office when I'm talking to an individual? I do. Of, most often when I get a text, I will turn the phone over uh, face down without even reading the text because I want to communicate to the person, you are special, you're important. Uh, and you're more important at the moment than what's taking place. Now, if there's an emergency, again, you just say, I'm sorry, this is unusual. I don't normally do this. But again, you're teaching in that moment through what you're doing. And then I think the last thing uh, that pastors can do to lead is, is to uh, get behind sort of special seminars, specialized seminars. So for instance, you wanna make sure the youth ministry is addressing issues of phone. But you also wanna recognize that it's not just youth ministers who have to engage kids, it's parents. So maybe we have a breakout Sunday school session that our youth men team is actually going to lead um, and say, here's the kinds of things that we're talking with your students about with their phones. Here's the things that we think are useful for you to know. Can, can we have a dialogue or, or you know, let, let's, Let's treat Sunday school like a focus group. What are the, the questions that you all have um, that you don't think are, you're, that you're not comfortable answering or that you wish somebody else would actually engage, which then becomes opportunity to help parents, equip parents to do the work of parenting. Or I know of one church, they have what they call Tuesday talks. They're community-wide uh, forums held in the evening, early evening, and they bring people in, uh, one that they're doing this, um, I guess last night actually, uh, was on cell phone use and social media and just trying to be informative. So I think pastors can do an awful lot um, to help us understand a little bit better how to engage these things. Mm, yeah, that's very good. And even, I mean, right there at the end, to think of ways in which you can bring the community in on this uh, to discuss it and, and to provide some some helpful information. Because it is, I mean, as you're talking about being in the meeting and checking the phone when it beeps, it, it is discouraging just to see what's yeah. be what's becoming normal and what's becoming yeah. kind of just acceptable. Um, because, I mean, there, there are plenty of times, I mean, I've been guilty of this as well, but talking with somebody else and, you know, they'll get a notification on their watch or their phone and they'll reply and they'll say, no, no, keep going. But they're completely wrong. <laughs> You're thinking, right. okay, I guess you can listen to me, but um, maybe not. So it, it is just 
Um, it's something too. I mean, as you you say, how important it is for the pastors to lead in the pulpit to just confess their struggles as well, and to confess how uh, this is an issue because it is. And, and as you highlighted, the the kind of big okay, pornography, sex, drugs, those things are are, are issues for sure that we need to be uh, concerned with. But isn't it the way of Satan to work in more subtle ways uh, to be chipping away at us and uh, to think of, you know, this has become so acceptable to just be on Facebook or on our phones, whatever, constantly that it seems like a lesser issue that it isn't that that big of a deal and so um to be talking about it and addressing it and seeing now this is a bigger deal uh than what what you may think and and i know that's some of kind of what we'll get in tomorrow i think in our discussion of some of the heart issues associated with this so is there anything you want to say as we close this segment out just to encourage our pastors i i, I know a lot of us um are are gun shy we we get beat on uh for the things that we share um, we, we think that, you know, our, our job does depend on, on people thinking well of us and all of those things are true. And yet if we're not willing to take the risks to actually shepherd our people, um, then we're not shepherding. Uh, and, and we're just, we're, we're, we're the leaders of a, of a club that likes us, uh, or that we're trying to get to like us to last as long as we possibly can before they get tired of us. That's not what our people need. Hmm. Yeah, it's, again, very helpful. And hopefully some pastors will heed that encouragement and, and begin to lead in this area because our um, congregations do need some uh, some wisdom, some guidance here. Uh, so I think those are some very helpful words. And, and as I said, we'll be uh, continuing this discussion or concluding this discussion tomorrow, uh, looking at some some heart issues uh, that we all wrestle with uh, that are you know drawing us back to our phones. Uh, so look forward to that conversation tomorrow. Thanks again, Bill. 